You're listening to the Plain Label Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Plain Label Podcast. I'm your host, Derek Williams, and in this episode, we begin a look at another horror franchise, this time the Paranormal Activity Films. And today we are, of course starting with the beginning with 2007's Paranormal Activity and the sequel that was released in 2010. Joining me once again for a franchise that we're sure to regret is the Mika to my Daniel, the Katie to my Christie, our very own Mr. Andrew Shaw. Get the damn camera out of my face. (laughs) That's right. That is correct. Before getting into the discussion, I would like to mention that we are still proud members of the Deliberate Noise Network. Search Deliberate search deliberate noise in your podcast app for more great shows from the network mr shaw what sort of coffee are you drinking this morning so i went a little fancy today uh still from gridlock coffee but they have some uh this is an el salvador blend mm-hmm. so you know when you tell people you're getting a, a kilo of el salvador coming through the house it sort of raises <laughs> eyebrows <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's a it's a nice it's i like my coffee very strong and this is a very strong one so it's you know it's going to keep me awake for a little while which is good i like it i like it so i figured this was paranormal activity i needed to do something a little different as well so i have my typical vodka and like a flavored water the flavor is a dark red um it's like a black cherry or dark cherry kind of a Ooh. kind of a mix. So it looks very much like blood, which is appetizing. And then my little <laughs> addition here is something that, uh, you know, it's always good when your wife says, you want to drink this? I don't like it. So <laughs> I'm going to give that a whirl. It is called uh, Crook and Marker. It is a organic super grain alcohol uh, and it is a margarita in a can. Uh, so it is 5%. Uh, alcohol, no sugar, but infinite flavor. <laughs> so we'll see how that goes. Uh, after a bit, you'll be able to hear that because like I said, it is in a can. Um, but yeah, so that's what we are drinking. We're both being fancy. I haven't talked to Mr. Sean in a little bit. So we are we are coming back to the recording and, and yeah. we're being fancy about it. Fancy pants. <laughs> fancy pants. Okay, so let's talk about a couple of films that are not fancy pants that were made on the cheap. Uh, and we're going to start in 2007 with the first of the franchise, Paranormal Activity. High def camera on. My girlfriend, Katie, she thinks there's something in the house. I don't know. You believe me, right? I think we're going to have a very interesting time capturing whatever paranormal phenomena is occurring or is not occurring. Windows are locked. Doors are locked. The alarm is on. hearing a weird sound. Something's here. I feel it breathing on me. There's footsteps in, but there's no footsteps out. Oh, God. Oh, my God. If you do try to play games with it, that's inviting it in. Jeez, it looks like something bit you. It's not 
not the house. It's me. You cannot run from this. It will follow you. I'm in control. You're not in control. What's happening to me? This thing left a message. If it's not a ghost, what is it? And the IMDb plot synopsis, it's a little longer than I would have expected. And it goes like this. A young couple, Katie and Mika, move into a new home and Mika records their life on his video camera. After strange events in the night, Katie admits that as a young child, she had once experienced a ghostly presence in her room. She sensed its malevolence and now worries that it may now have followed her to their new place. Mika is skeptical and sets up his camera in their bedroom to record any overnight activity. After a few days, they see their bedroom door move, and it's clear there is a presence in their house. Much worse is yet to come. Uh (laughs) That's how I view just my life in general. (laughs) Much worse is yet to come. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, so that is the uh, plot synopsis for Paranormal Activity. Mr. Shaw, when was the first time that you uh, recall seeing this? I, if I remember correctly, I borrowed this from uh, back when we had video stores, like mm. before they all died out. I borrowed it on blue on DVD and watched it at home. And I think, as much as these sorts of movies, like I, I don't know if I've said it to you before, but found footage films are sort of the only subgenre and horror of horror that can still get under my skin a little bit. Ah. They still have this very, you know, this this knack of just getting making me a little bit and especially these sorts of ones the more paranormal ones where you know there's some just some creepy stuff that always like i have to watch these ones during the day most of the time just because it gets a bit late at night and i'm like yeah no i don't think so (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, what what about uh well i would say the like the uh the champion of this genre for me anyway is uh, australia's own lake mungo ah yes See well, my that, I that one really like the um, shit out of it. You didn't like that. I wasn't. I I think it it took me a little while to see it. So it had been talked up as this really really scary uh, movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I sort of like I got to the point where it's supposed to be the scary part, and I went, "Yep." <laughs> <laughs> just I I thought the movie was great, but it was just the scare the the supposed to be really scary just didn't work for me for some reason and so it uh-huh. sort of it sort of made me I think the hype killed it unfortunately. Oh, uh, that's interesting because I knew nothing about it. Uh, I just knew that it was a found footage uh, horror movie and I heard that it was scary, but that was all that I knew about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, okay, well, we'll see. And I think it, the transition from when you think it's one thing to when it becomes something else is where I was like, yeah. Oh fuck. Like, Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, my kiddo had a, a, a similar experience when we get to the sequel of uh, this franchise uh, to where she uh-huh. saw something and was like, Oh my God. <laughs> and she was well, not prepared my wife straight up refuses to watch these movies with me oh really she yeah she they, she will sit and watch any kind of horror with me slashes and all sorts but paranormal stuff really creeps her out and makes her uncomfortable so she's not she's not into it at all so i have to sit and watch these ones by myself so you don't think that she would be in for the fourth kind say no oh actually that's the ufo one no i think we've watched that one together okay 
I think it's more it's more paranormal. It's more ghosts and things like that that really uh, get her creeped out. Now, do you think that that is does that have anything to do with the found footage aspect, or do you think that it's just the the subject matter? I think it's a bit of both, but we okay. sort of like, we both are sort of like skeptical believers in that. You know, if we think there might be something out there, they just haven't given us proof yet. Of, okay you know and so like we've had some things happen in our house and we've been to a few places where you know a couple one of the you know some of the most haunted places in australia we've been to during the day and it still has this creepy feeling about it and it's just sort of like yeah i I get it i understand why she doesn't like them i like them because i i like something that can after you know almost 40 years of watching horror Mm -hmm. i like something that can actually creep me out again and it's not disturbing it's not like okay I don't really want to watch a French extreme movie because it's just going to make me feel uncomfortable and disturbed, mm-hmm. but something that can actually give me a jump scare and make me, you know, creeped out a little bit. I, I, I welcome it a bit more these days. And you can only watch uh Frank and hooker and toxic Avenger so many times. Well, that's it. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so interesting that you brought up that your wife doesn't like these. So, I was really curious to see what my kid would think because she's the big horror lover and she's mm-hmm. the one who kind of, you know, now that, uh, like I told you before we started recording, now that she's, now that I bought her a, a Nintendo Switch, she has been distracted. But typically she's the one who's like, hey, can we watch a scary movie tonight? And my wife's like, oh, God, come on. Like, Anna, <laughs> can we just watch something that's not depressing or like <laughs> yeah. gross or whatever? And so when we watched these films, one of the things that she said before we started the second one uh, was, I don't like that it says, she said something like, I don't like that it says, or that it's pretending that it's real. Mm-hmm. Um, because the, this sort of thing doesn't scare me at all. Like this, this sort of thing, like doesn't, um, I'm not scared by any of this is what she says, right? Okay. That's what she says before the second movie. <laughs> I'll, tell, I'll tell you what I'll tell you what she thought of the, the second movie when we get to it. But um, so she is kind of like the skeptic. I don't buy any of this. So she's yep. the very much the opposite of you and your wife. And uh, and so one of the other things that was interesting was the first movie comes out in 2007. Anna, you know, wasn't born until 2008. And so part of the part of the intrigue for me was, oh, shit, like you're going to have you're being recorded all the time. Uh, Mika's like recording them almost all the time. Well, you know, since she's a middle schooler and is like out hanging out with friends and stuff, she has the capability of doing that whenever she wants with her Mm -hmm. phone. And so it's just interesting to me to where I'm like, well, you didn't think that. Um, I mean, spoiler, she didn't like the first movie, like at all. Yep. <laughs> okay. I was like, wow. She's like, she was really didn't, yeah, she like really didn't, crap. didn't care for it. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh man. Um, but part of it was that she was not sort of taken by the concept. Like she's like, yeah, I don't, I don't believe in this. I don't um get what's so appealing about the camera. Right. Because he's like so impressed that, with himself that he has this camera and, <laughs> and there's, you know, and Mika's doing all this stuff. And uh, she hates it when I say the word Mika, by the way. Um, I always thought it was like, Micah before yeah, they start well, saying it in the movie. Yeah. They say, well, it's typically is Micah. And so that's what Anna's, 
problem was. She's like, it's Micah, M-I-C-A-H. And I go, yeah, but yeah. they're like in California. So it's got to be a little, they got a little hippy dippy spin on it. It's got to be a little different, a little unique. And she's like, oh God. She's like, well, <laughs> I can't stand that guy. She's, <laughs> she says to me. Uh, and so I think that that's part of her issue is she didn't like the, one of the two main people. She doesn't buy into the concept. And then the phone and recording yourself is like a thing that's second nature to her. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so that was all, I mean, the concept was appealing to me. And I remember seeing this the same way that you saw it to where I saw all the promotional stuff and about seeing people in the theater jumping and being scared and all this. And I was like, oh shit, this is going to be, someone's found the next Blair Witch is kind of what yep. I thought. Uh, because Blair Witch freaked me the fuck out when I first saw mm-hmm. it because I was like, is this really happening? Is it not really happening? And the marketing around that is uh, legendarily good with all Ooh, of yeah. the, I, you, you could just go online barely at the time and they yeah. had all the other stuff that they found but didn't release. And mm. I um, I got to see Blair Witch in a media studies class at high school. My teacher actually had a bootleg copy of it. Ah. Uh. Which, you know, back then, this is like 90, 98, 90, 99, whatever. Yeah, 98. So it would have been probably early early to mid-99 when she got it. Um, and it was because it was a bootleg on a VHS tape, it had this more, like it made it creepier. Mm-hmm. Almost like it was like someone had actually, you know, it's a found footage. Someone had actually found this footage and was sharing it around. Right, and, yeah. You know, like it just, it was... And it, the quality was just that little bit lower and it was still a bit blurry in scenes and it just made it so much scarier just because of that. You know, it's not the same as when, you know, we're getting Blu-ray copies of these movies mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Where I, like, I, I think that found footage films should be watched at home on a TV. Absolutely. I actually yeah. don't think they work as well in the cinema because it's like, well, I'm watching a movie. Whereas if you're sitting at home, it's like um, Host. It's on Shutter. The one that- Oh, yeah, Absolutely. It's like, a, I watched that, that on my that's iPad. Best, yeah, X, X, I was going to say that's best on uh, an iPad or like I watched it um, with my kid huddled next to each other in uh, my little library room watching it on my wife's laptop. Yeah, that's and that's how that should be viewed because it's all done through computers. Like it makes it infinitely creepier mm-hmm. when you're watching it on the same medium. Whereas like these ones, they play all right on a big TV, but it just, I feel like it should be, a, these are almost made for that Back when we were kids, you know, you'd you'd go to the video shop with your friends and you'd get something like this. That, oh, this is supposed to be so scary. And you'd all get into, you know, for probably Americans more the basement, but for us it was, you know, the, the spare room or somewhere like that. And you'd watch it all together and scare the crap out of each other. And it's mm-hmm. sort of like I would have, when I was a teenager, I would have loved these movies because these would have been so creepy and so much fun to watch with your friends at a sleepover. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I watched uh, getting back to Blair Witch real quick. I think I, I probably have told the story before on the on the recording at some point over the many, many years, the too many years that I've been doing this. But uh, <laughs> I went to Blair Witch and was like unsure if I believed what was happening or not. And I went with my uh, soon to be roommate at the time. Uh, he was just in town visiting and his girlfriend and mm-hmm. we get there, we get to the theater and uh, I'm almost always wearing a hat. And I had to like put my hands over my hat because I was getting motion sick, right? From watching oh, yeah. the way that they're like running in the woods all the time. And I'm like, oh God, like I don't do real well on things that spin and roller coasters sometimes can make me motion sick. 
And so this movie's making me motion sick. And then we get to towards the end and the basement and the basement was similar to the basement that um, we eventually moved into, which was kind of upsetting. Um, and they're doing the Josh, Josh and all that sort of stuff at the end. Right. And the movie ends and there is this gentleman behind us, like two or three rows and it goes to credits or whatever. And the guy goes, bullshit. I want my money back. <laughs> And he was just absolutely infuriated with the movie. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. And so I always have a soft spot for Blair Witch because of that. And then sort yeah. of with the found footage uh, films because of that experience as well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but getting into the movie. So I like the movie fine. I think that hmm. in my memory of it is it's scarier than it was when I watched it maybe a week ago or so. Mm-hmm. Um, the first movie, what it does is it it does spend a lot of time of these are just normal people and they are uh, trying to figure things out and they're asking like mostly the right questions um, yep. to where you get to see like Mika's character is getting pissed that he can't kind of figure it out because he's the he's like the I need to know everything I'm always right kind of a character. Bit of the uh, alpha male sort yep, of thing. Yep, yep. Alpha male in like the sort of tech world kind of a deal because yeah. he's always fucking around with different uh, camera stuff or the recordings or whatever. Uh, the the thing that is the scariest for me is when Katie is sleeping and then just stands by him and they do mm-hmm. the time lapse and she's just kind of three rocking. hours. Oh, yes. <laughs> I do not like that. I was like, no, you know, that is a thing where um, I mean, I obviously love my wife, but if she tried to do some shit like that as a prank to me, I would fucking freak out. <laughs> you know like if i'm sleeping or something and she goes and knows i have to get up and like would do something like that to scare me i would not think that that's funny no <laughs> to where like, like it bothers me enough yeah same with the kids you know like if my kids did that beside the bed like mm-hmm. i apologize but you're probably getting drop kicked across the room if i wake up and see you there <laughs> that's, right. <clears throat> that's right and uh one of the other things that was that was scary about it to me was specifically when he when they go up into the attic and this is capitalized in a in a movie movie version, you know, a typical studio film uh, in Sinister really well, mm-hmm. uh, where you have the main character going up to the attic and it's like what the guy can see and what he can't see and all that kind of thing. And w- what I thought they did well here is you don't really see what Mika is seeing. Like you, you kind of like it doesn't directly put the camera on like his forehead or something like that. Yeah. Uh, to where it's just a little obscured um and that was a that was a good scene i think that the the flower the powder or whatever um is sort of one of those traditional things that you see either in like oh whether it's um the curse of la llorona or any sort of like a demony type of a movie where you've always got like a barrier or some sort of thing the second movie does it with the sage that the housekeeper burns um but you've always got something like that and and so i liked that I like that they were like, they're trying, they're legitimately trying to get better and like get rid of the thing as opposed to, Oh, well, I've got, you know, like the second movie has a very convenient, I've got a work thing. So I got to go kind of moment. (laughs) I'm like, wait a minute. You know, it's like your whole life is like crumbling before you, like your work thing can wait. So 
I like that they did that. They they tried to get the experts in. They tried to do everything that they can to solve what's going on. And yes, there's a really poor choice when they get the Ouija board out. Oh. And I'm like, oh, no. And so Anna saw that and she's like, what are they doing? And she yep. was like, not not pleased, <laughs> not pleased with that. <laughs> uh, and so she jumped a few times. You know, she thought like the when the bed ruffles with with either a person or an entity or a, the air or whatever, getting into bed oh, with them. Yeah. Uh, she thought that that was effective. But overall, she didn't really like it. And I was like, uh oh, because I was going to the plan was that she was going to watch all of these with me. Uh, and so we were off to a little bit of a shaky start, but I thought that this was, I thought that this was good, but it was not as scary as I, as I remembered. Yeah, I think it's, it's jumpy. It's, um, I think for me, I, I like the, um, I respect the craft a lot more than the actual movie, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you're talking about a movie that was made for $15,000 and grossed nearly 200 million. <laughs> right. Like, but it's, it's just so simple and it's a simple premise and it's not, you know, a lot of it would be practical effects as well. Like the, you know, the chandelier swinging and the, mm -hmm. which these people, all of these movies, where do these people have, why do they all have chandeliers? Like it doesn't make sense. <laughs> Especially because it's um, like, it is California. There are earthquakes. What yeah. are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Um, but the, like, you know, and, Mika is one of the most annoying characters ever put on film. He's he is. Just, yeah, he is. He is frustrating. And, but I think the way it builds, and I think once you've seen the movie, I think the biggest problem is, is that once you've seen it maybe twice, you don't, the, the scenes where they're not, where they're nothing's happening supernatural wise, it's, you're like, come on, let's get on, let's get to mm -hmm. the, you know, and you you know, once you've seen a few of them, you know when the jumps are coming. But <laughs> it, it's just fun seeing someone for the first time watch these movies and jumping and, you know, oh, okay, this is where this happens, if you remember it. Oh, okay. And it's, it, I think that would be fun to have people over to watch together. Mm. Um, but I think, like, the story's pretty clever. You know, the, the like I said, the effects are great. I think it's just the Mika is just so frustrating that it, it always makes you angry at the movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You just want him to, you know, you want the demon to just rip him apart and then you'll be happy. <laughs> right. And it, it does, it does build really well. And one of the things that you're mentioning about watching this as a group is I kind of wish, like I would never want to grow up now um, because I did plenty of stupid things that I'm glad were never recorded. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and but what would be nice is to watch something like this at my kids age you know being 13 and watching a movie that is you know in quotes old because it came out before she was born and <laughs> watching this old movie with friends that haven't seen it and you're the one who has seen it and you get to just watch them as much as you're watching it like i think like you're saying i think that 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 is a lot of fun because I, I had, <laughs> this is, this is not when I was born, but my, my closest comparison is in high school going over to not really like a double date situation, but it was like a group, like three guys and three girls all ended up at the same house and we were going to watch a scary movie. And the scary movie was the exorcist. <laughs> and so there was, 
effective, you know, scary moments, but that's more of like a meal of a movie. That's more of like mm. a, mm. like a, Ooh, look at all this fucked up medical stuff that they're doing to this kid. Like that's, that's the, ser- the serial scary. killer doing it. Yeah. You're like, that's scary as shit. Um, but when then you're seeing like, obviously once Reagan gets turned and all that sort of shit, like that's scary. But a lot of that movie is, is, more subtle than i think people remember to where this is like you're just waiting for the jump you're waiting for the big yeah. heavy footsteps you're waiting for the door to slam like all that kind of stuff so i just think that that uh that is would be a good uh a good thing and one of the things that i knew that you would appreciate about this is these movies do not waste time boy this is an nope. hour and 26 minutes <laughs> yep let's get it let's Let's get this shit together yeah 86 minutes that's all we need like it you yeah. know it, and it's a it's a thing where it doesn't feel like a short movie either no you know like no, you're in, like, in a totally okay. good way yeah you're like okay that yeah. doesn't because it, it's not like a thing where it just goes night one everything's crazy <laughs> you know yeah. it does take its time <laughs> a little bit but uh but you know i just think that this is i mean oren pelly who wrote and directed this and shot it in his house um this is, uh, I mean, obviously a uh, generational wealth <laughs> came from this movie. <laughs> so, yeah, no, nice house for your first film, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, right. Uh, I have a note about the second movie as well uh, about that. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, to come up with this idea to, uh, I could be mistaken, but this is a, um, this is a, isn't this the thing that really got Blumhouse going? Yeah. Because I read a story that um, Jason Blum passed on the Blair Witch Project, mm. and he vowed to never let that happen again. And this is a you know, it's almost like when they talk about um, is it New Line Films is the house that Freddie built? Oh right, Freddie mm-hmm. Krueger kept that place afloat, and I think Primal Activity got um, made Blumhouse to what it is today. I think that they you know they were able to fund a lot more films because they made they probably made a hundred million dollars just off this film alone. Yeah, and then for a while there, you know, with uh, Blum's deal was he would just give a couple million to whoever, you mm. know, that that impressed him with with their pitch and their material and whatever samples that they had or whatever. And then it was yeah. like, yeah, I'll, I'll throw you a couple of million dollars. Go make your inexpensive relatively movie. Mm-hmm. And then some of them are going to bomb and some of them are going to do great. And one of them, one of them won an Oscar. Yep. Yep. And it is just a wonderful, like that is just such a really, uh, I wish was mainstream of a, mm. of a, of an idea. And, you know, now they are getting a little bigger and they spend a little bit more money. And yeah. I, I kind of wish like, Oh boy, like, I don't know. Like I've, I've, uh, I've cooled on my rant about Halloween kills, but I really disliked that movie. <laughs> I and, still haven't seen it. Oh boy. And, uh, it's one of those things to where it's like, if this was much cheaper, maybe this would be better because you don't need a lot of this stuff that's in yeah. here. So, but that's it's like my um, you know, one of my favorite people in movies is Lloyd Kaufman, who you know, oh, people yeah. when I was in charge of Trauma, and I listened to an interview with him once, and they said, you know, you make all these really inexpensive films, you know, what do you reckon you could do with ten million dollars? And he turned around and said, well, "I would give twenty people five hundred thousand dollars to make their own films." <laughs> right. It, you know, as much as you know, Trauma is a lot of schlock and stuff like that. But you think of some of the people who've come through there, and you know, James Gunn probably being the biggest one. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's probably a very good starting point for a lot of up and coming directors. And 
you know, you make, you can get your schlocky film out of the way and then you show some chops and people will pick you for other things. Like it's, it, it, I don't, you know, especially this movie, like it's $15,000. Like I think if we all, most of us, if we had a good idea like this and you had the potential, you could raise 15 grand to make a movie like this. Mm-hmm. It's, you I know? mean, it's, it, it's 2007 is uh, a little early for most Kickstarter stuff. Hmm. Um, but it's it's not too dissimilar from people that are doing their either a short or what have you from uh, from Kickstarter. And I actually have a a short that I will recommend to you uh, when we're done mm-hmm. that I think is Beautiful. interesting that is on that is on YouTube. That uh, yeah, I'll t- I'll tell you more about that uh, that later. But yes, Beautiful. I think that Ooh. I think that that's um, a really good way to not have to be involved with another group because i feel like a lot of the times you have either cheaper anthologies that come out or like you know you would go through doing a short first and or a proof of concept where we had you know saw was a short first and oculus was a short first and all of Mm -hmm. those sorts of things and here it's like you know you can make your movie just made it under 90 minutes it's super cheap you don't need a whole lot of special effects like yeah, they're doing effects, but they're practical effects. There's stuff that they're just being clever about instead of, oh, well, yeah, we'll just make it CGI. Like, can you imagine yeah. if at the end of this movie, like some sort of CGI something comes out and yeah, like, nah. fights Mika? How terrible yep. would that have been? Oh, <laughs> I, I mean, you know what? I can see, I, I'm picturing like a, a boardroom and they're like, look, we love the ending, but what if we had a CGI demon in there? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And what, what if we just see the going, demon and then Mika gets thrown to the camera? Yeah. <laughs> How does uh, golf sound? <laughs> oh, really? Unbelievable. Yeah. Well, this is uh, this ending. Speaking of endings, this is a, a thing that has a couple of different endings to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, was originally it was just Mika to the camera, right? Yeah. Uh, and then later on, you got what is now, I think, the regular version, or at least the version of this that I have, to where it's then Katie coming in and sort of looking at the camera and being yeah. all bloody and stuff. And I think, and then there's the other one where she cuts her own throat. Oh, right, right. The, the third one, yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. That one, that one I'm glad is not the main one because that is not a franchise make. No. And then, but the stories, I think that was the original ending and the story goes that Steven Spielberg saw it and said, you need to change the ending. Oh, that's right. I do recall. I do remember that now. Yeah, that was a good point. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, if you're going to take notes from anybody, Spielberg's probably a pretty good one. <laughs> yeah, to take not notes bad. From. Not bad. He's got a little yeah, bit of clout, like, a little bit yeah, of know-how. Some, this has got some legs, champ. Maybe change that up. Don't kill her off. <laughs> yeah, don't kill her <laughs> off. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Wow. I mean, I can't even, I can't even, like, wrap my, my mind around what the everyone involved in this movie would have, how they would have reacted once this thing got as crazy as it did oh i just you know and it's it's like the blair witch those guys are still probably living off that money they made from their first movie like Mm -hmm. it's just it's insane and it's you know it as you know if you're a filmmaker it's got to be the dream you know you make something for very very small budget that makes over a hundred million dollars because that sets up your career whether you know i'm sure i think the blair witch guys have had bombs since then Uh but it hasn't mattered because they've got hundreds of millions of dollars from their first movie right so people are more probably willing to take a chance on i'm like well if we you know like someone like jason blum is probably like if we don't take a chance we're going to miss out on hundreds of millions of dollars again so we can't take that risk in not doing this yeah that's true i know that um 
Oh, let me see. Eduardo Sanchez is one of the directors yeah. of the of the Blair Witch, and I remember listening to a an interview with him, and he like wasn't into horror movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, like he never wanted to make a horror movie. Like he wanted to. He talked about how he had spent a lot of this money and a lot of like proof of concept stuff trying to get um basically like sort of like a musical comedy off the ground oh wow that's what he wanted to do like that's the thing that he's into and nobody gave a shit (laughs) like nobody wanted to do it like nobody was interested in it whatsoever and and so instead he had to kind of go back and do what he's known for to where he did lovely Molly and he did altered and and seventh moon and a couple of other Mm -hmm. um, relatively inexpensive um, horror movies. And then the thing that I, I sort of, well, don't know him for, but the thing that I am most familiar with his work recently is he directed the second to last uh, episode of yellow jackets of the uh, Ah, series. And so I'm like, Oh my God, like, that's that's good that he's getting that kind of work because that that uh, that show did quite well. <laughs> mm. Well, I will say, speaking of altered, altered is an underrated movie. It is actually really good. Really, okay. About a couple not... of guys whose friend get abducted by an alien, and they and then like fifteen years later, they actually capture the alien that abducted him. And yeah, it's really really good. Mm, okay, well, it does seem like your sort of thing. That's something that your wife would not watch then. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> yeah little alien abduction horror stuff i don't know that she's into that yep no maybe not (laughs) all right well anything else about uh the first paranormal film the thing that kicked off all of this stuff because like i said i think it is it is good it is more like a the thing that kicked everything off as opposed to it being like uh oh it is so uh like well acted because it's not well acted really because they're just trying to they're they're like acting as normal people is what they're mm. attempting to do. Um, and some of the line readings, you're just like, I'm I'm listening to it going like, oh God, like I don't know that like Katie sounds like she's trying to act normal at times instead of just yeah. being instead of being normal. And so I think she is much better in the second movie, uh, which is kind of what happens once you're you know, you're allowed to sort of come back to something a couple of years later and you're like, you know what, let me do it like this. Can I, I can probably be a little more natural. Um, be more comfortable with it all. Yeah. More comfortable with the whole process and what have you, but. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I, I, you're not wrong. I think it's, but in, in parts of it, when they're just sort of talking and I'm sure a lot of it was ad lib too. Like you just mm-hmm. need to talk about this in this scene, go mm-hmm. from there. And it's, you know, it, it, and like you said, it does flow a bit better in the next few films, but um, yeah, look, I think other than Mika, I think everything else is really good. The, <laughs> yeah. He's just so frustrating. But even the guy who comes in as the the psychic and he walks in the house, he's like, mm, nope, see ya. Yeah, yeah I <laughs> like that a lot. Because normally, like, because that's like a that's like an anti-Dick Halloran from The Shining kind of thing. Yeah. Because or, um, you, you do think he's going to come from Poltergeist. Oh, right, right. Because you do think that they're going to come in and save the day. Yeah. And instead of getting killed, spoilers for uh, 1980s The Shining, but uh, <laughs> instead of getting killed, he comes in and he's like, whoa, you guys yeah. are fucking around with something and I'm out. He's walked together. Peace. See yeah, ya. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, one of the things that was interesting about the uh, the ad-libbing that you're, that you're mentioning was, have you seen the sci-fi film Coherence? No. 
It's got Nicholas Brendan from Buffy in it. Oh, and, I definitely haven't seen it there. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, a couple of other people. So anyway, it's it's a uh, the log line is strange things begin to happen when a group of friends gather for a dinner party on an evening when a comet is passing overhead. Mm-hmm. And so this comet goes over and then they start seeing like uh, duplicates of themselves. Oh, okay. Um, and it's a, it's so they a, his twin brother. It's no, they didn't use his twin brother. It's uh, a, <laughs> it's a, this is very much like Nicholas Brendan's character is uh, like a former successful actor, <laughs> which, oh, is, which oh. is interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, so anyway, it, but the people he's not, He's like a main character, but he's one of the group, basically. Mm-hmm. And uh, Lorene Scafaria, who uh, directed Hustlers, she's one of the actors in the in the film. But okay. uh, but anyway, so what it made me think of was the writer director said in an interview that all that he would do because he allowed the actors to ad lib almost everything, like they had to go from point A to point B, but yep. he would give them slips of paper and the slips of paper would say like your character once and then whatever yeah and so then they would use that as a driving force for um for their scene and then they wouldn't share it with the other actors in the scene and so the the character like wanted to stop the conversation short and the other one wanted to continue it then they had to like sort of battle each other because neither one of them really knew what was the important thing and what wasn't the important thing okay interesting uh, and so it was an interesting it's an interesting little movie if people have not seen coherence uh mr sean Pryor and i did a recording about that oh many many moons ago but uh <laughs> but that ad-libbing thing made me uh made me think of that oh. well so. we tried to get um oh, when was it last year i tried to get uh you know of cameo you know when you pay celebrities to oh, send uh-huh. messages to people uh-huh. We tried to get, because my wife is a big fan of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the TV series. Uh-huh. And we tried to get Nicholas Brendan to, we had it all set up. It was going to be a live call. You give, you pay a bit of money and you pay, you know, it's like a 10 minute chat. Her and him could have had a conversation over Zoom. Mm. And I, I woke up about three o'clock in the morning on the day of my wife's birthday. And I got this message. Oh, yeah, unfortunately we have to cancel. And I was like, <laughs> found out he'd actually slipped on ice and broken his back. Oh my goodness. Okay, that's a fair enough excuse. Yeah, that that is a elaborate excuse if it is an excuse, and I will take it. (laughs) Mm, Yes, so that was sort of, and then, yeah, not long after that, he got arrested for allegedly trying to steal prescriptions or something. So, you know, so it's it's an interesting uh, lifestyle. (laughs) It is. And if you look at that coherence film, which I think was 2012 or 2013, it's like, you would not be surprised um, mm. because he does not look well uh, mm. in the film. And so you're kind of like, but that is also sort of the point of the the character. But so it's yeah, interesting. Okay. You might be able to rope her into that one. Uh, that's an interesting okay. little, and it's also one that's like, and maybe an hour and a half at, at the most. Nice. Uh, so nice little, nice little film. So another film that is also quite short is our second film of the day. It is from 2010. And it is Paranormal Activity 2.
And the IMDb plot synopsis is thankfully much shorter this time around. And it goes like this. After experiencing what they think are a series of break-ins, a family sets up security cameras around their home only to realize that the events unfolding before them are more sinister than they seem. Okay, so Mr. Shaw, tell me about you and your history with the second film. Um, I think it was the same thing. It was when it came out, hired it again on um, on a DVD. Um, I think the one of the weird things about this one, though, is is that the woman who plays Christy. Yes. This was the thing that threw me off the first time I watched it because she had just been in 24 yes. when I watched it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so it just takes you, it took me straight out of the movie. Like, oh, she's an actress. I know her. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. No, she, she is not in 24. Isn't she? I thought she that, the president's I thought absolutely in- that she was. And I just looked her up. And unless I clicked on the wrong person by accident. No, are you thinking of the daughter? Not the daughter. The daughter was in that sitcom with Tim Allen for a little while. There we go. I, I clicked on Katie first. Yeah. Instead of Christy. She was Olivia Taylor on 24. Yes, you're correct. Mm-hmm. And she was also yeah, in Sons it, of Anarchy. She's, I'm looking at her IMDb and she's in a lot of stuff too. Yeah, she really is. Yeah. So it was sort of, that sort of throws you off, I think. And it's a problem I had with, um, there's a movie, The Taking of Deborah Logan. Mm-hmm. And the daughter, Deborah Logan's daughter in that was on Mad About You for pretty much its whole run. Uh, and I was just like, oh, well, she's an actress. Like it just, it, it is the problem when you cast someone who's actually been in a lot of stuff for a found footage film because it's it just sort of goes, oh, okay, well, I know who that person, I know that is an actress, so it takes you out of it a little bit. Right. Yeah, that's, that's funny. I'm glad that I clicked on the wrong person because Katie does not look like how Katie looks in her uh, IMDb photo, uh, no, which, not is, at all. which is interesting. So uh, when I clicked on the wrong one, I was like, wait a minute, what? Because then I was going to have to investigate and go down a rabbit hole of, well, who was in 24 then? Because I know it's somebody that looks just like Christy. So anyway. Um, but yeah, so I watched this the same as you. It was another one where I was like, I don't know. It's okay. A sequel supposed to be good. I'll check it out. It was definitely a uh, Netflix DVD sort of situation mm-hmm. where they had just sent, you know, sent it to me. Uh, and I remember liking it. I remember the, uh, the baby getting pulled across the crib sort of move. Yep. Uh, and I remembered, <laughs> I remembered the, the dad uh, getting burned in the jacuzzi. <laughs> That was one of the yeah. one of the things that I remembered about the film. Um, and then watching it this time around, I liked this way more than you liked it. <laughs> looking looking yeah, at our so. letterbox, I like this a lot. Like I really <laughs> liked this a lot. Um, and so I was like, ooh, yes, this Andrew and I get to get to uh disagree about something. What a what a nice little treat. Um and so I I was uh I didn't know what my expectations were going into it really because I hadn't logged it before. I'd seen it before, but I hadn't logged it um, Mm -hmm. on Letterboxd. And like I had told you, my kid was like, oh, I don't believe in this. I don't know why they put this uh, Carl's bad thing at the beginning because it's not real. Um, And she was very like adamant that this is not a real thing that's happening. Then she sees the house and she's like, oh my God. She's like, I want this house. I want the dog. And then every time like the pool would, would uh, come up, she's like, I really want this pool. I was like, I know, watch the movie. Like I got it. (laughs) (laughs) 
And so, um, so yeah, I thought that this was what I thought was effective about this is I liked the idea of our house gets broken into, we're going to put security cameras. Like that Mm -hmm. makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. Because Mika isn't involved. I mean, he's in it, but he's not really involved. And it's not like, I'm just going to be this annoying dick that's running around with a camera all the time in my girlfriend's face. Who's having this traumatic issue happen to her. Yep. To where instead it's like, no, I'm just trying to help out my family. I'm just trying to do this, that, and the other thing. And, uh, and so I, I really liked that. Um, I did have some issues with uh, Brian Bolland as Daniel Ray, as the dad. Um, <laughs> I thought that uh, I, once, the, once he fires Martine, the nanny, I was like, uh, firing the nanny, I, this guy definitely voted for Trump because <laughs> there was like different stuff that he had said at points. And I was like, this fucking guy. I yeah. was like, I don't like this at all. Yep. Uh, so his character was irritating because he has to be the one that doesn't believe. Like you have to have someone that that doesn't believe, or else yeah, otherwise they're one. just out of there, right? Yep. Um, but I think overall, this one scared me more than the first one did. This one had um, moments where I, you know, jumped and was swearing in front of my child. Um, <laughs> they, it's when they go into the basement and like the the dirt starts like shaking on the floor or what have you. And you see mm-hmm. Hunter and then Hunter's gone. Um, and then you hear like, you don't know what's going on because it's maybe the olive oil that's on the cross. Maybe it's someone getting like eaten. You, like you don't know. You just have these sort of um, this sort of like collection of sounds that you hear and you're like, Oh my God, like what is, what is actually happening here? And I like that you don't really get a clear sense of what really happened down there mm-hmm. um, because it is just kind of like a, a a mess of things. I did put in here that uh, I put, oof, the loud noises get me, but they also feel really cheap at the same time. Yeah. I think that's where my problems were is that I think that the first one, the, the scares were a bit more subtle in a way, mm-hmm. you know, whereas like, the the biggest one in this one is the um the actress when she's in the kitchen yeah she's in everything the kitchen. comes out uh-huh. and it's just that boom noise whereas like i've been in my kitchen when stuff's falling out of the shelves it wouldn't make a boom like someone had just blown something up out the front of my house <laughs> right <laughs> you know but i was reading about that that they told her that one of the shelves was going to fall off mm-hmm. so her, her reaction is actually genuine in that scene because they said oh you know look you'll be in there and one of the, the cupboards is going to open and stuff will fall out. And they didn't tell her that they'd rigged everything to fall out. Oh my God. So, you know, that's, uh, that's you know, can be dangerous scaring people like that on a Sabbath film. Mm-hmm. But I think, yeah, that's, I think for me, it was just, I felt it was a bit, it was cheaper. Like mm-hmm. the, the scares were mm-hmm. cheaper. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the stuff like, you know, well, we're going to get into spoilers, but Katie showing up and breaking the husband's neck. It was like mm-hmm. I, I, she hadn't really shown a lot of. I mean, she threw Mike Mika, sorry, Mika, <laughs> across the room. But it was sort of like she picks him up and just snaps his neck like he weighs about ten pounds. And it's uh-huh. like, eh, you know, like that was. I think they had they had a bit more of a budget on this one. It was a three million dollar budget, and it was sort of like, yeah, I think you you tried to be a bit more fancy than you probably needed to be. Well, that's interesting that you mentioned that because 
my memory of it uh, is the third photo of the IMDb page, and that's the background on um, on my Plex. So once that <laughs> once the movie loads, my kid sees this. Like she sees the image of Katie standing behind the dad. And I'm like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, that's blown. Oh boy. Yep. Um, but my memory of that moment is she's bloody because of him. And oh, okay. that's not the way that it happens, but I my memory of it was that she like stabs the shit out of him or something. Mm-hmm. And I think I would have rather her stab the shit out of him. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. she just like, like he like jumps and she twists his head and it's over yeah. and that's kind of it's like, like the a, climax it's a superhero murder it's something you'd see it a is. villain doing a superhero movie yeah. not a, 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 a small girl a small woman in a movie where he's you know he looks like he's about six foot five at points in this mm-hmm. movie yeah he looks massive he looks like you could play power forward for the bulls <laughs> and you see her just pick him up and it's like yeah okay i think but i think that's what it was for me it was just it was very similar to the first one in certain parts. Mm-hmm. They didn't. They didn't seem to do anything really new, except for maybe you know just tying it into the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's sort of. I, I liked it enough, and there's there are some decent jumps, but I think it just it was just I needed something a little bit different. Okay, see, and I think that that's what I re- that's what I responded to about the fir- about this one was that I liked that it it did weave its way into the first movie in a way to where it allowed me and my kid to talk about it when it was over Mm -hmm. Uh, to where we had a discussion of, so say that we were possessed or we had some spirit that was on us. Uh, There's three of us, my youngest sister, uh, it's just her and her husband do you think that we would just transfer over this demon to them? And <laughs> Anna's like, yep, sorry, Katie. That's my my sister. She's like, sorry, Katie. Oh, no. <laughs> and I was like, that's what so, I would yeah. say. Yeah, and so we're having yep. this conversation. I was like, yeah, that's what I would do. And and then my kid's like, well, I liked that they um, that they introduced the, the picture because Katie was so sure that that picture just came out of nowhere. And they were, mm-hmm. you know, introduced to it earlier on that they had it. And you get to see them doing things without them explicitly saying, like, here's what we're doing now <laughs> to where they just like started burning it. Yeah. And you're like, oh, OK, so they are making it. Uh, they're transferring it over to her. OK, I got gotcha. you. And so I like that they did some of that stuff to where you could figure out obviously what they were doing, but it it wasn't being as spoon fed as it could have been. And so Mm -hmm. while some of that, uh, the connective pieces may not necessarily be what everyone wants. I was like, glad that they did it in the way that they did, as opposed to really going over the top and explaining everything. Yeah. Yeah. I do have a few quotes from my kiddo. So uh, the standout for me in, in terms of the actors, in terms of the characters was uh, Molly Ephraim who played Allie which is the Mm -hmm. daughter. Um, My kid's watching her and she goes, can you pause it? And I'm just sure. And she goes, you know, she would look so much better if her hair was parted in the middle. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, oh my God. And I'm like, you are such like a 13 year old, like middle school girl. (laughs) It's just very concerned about that. But um, the thing that really sort of amped up my kid's anxiety was when Allie gets locked out of the house. 
Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, she's watching over the child. You know that they're coming after the child after that, uh, after the only like somewhat crude moment of the film when they're spelling out um when they're on the Ouija board. Yeah. She spells out pussy and my and so I'm watching this with my kid and she's like, What are they what are they spelling? I was like, You're gonna figure it out. And she's like, Oh God. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, sorry, you're there watching this with your stepdad. So yeah. sorry about it. Um, but so they have they have that moment. Um, and so you get the idea because they they again do it quickly, but they start spelling out hunter and they don't get all the way to the end, right? Mm-hmm. They get they get to the E, I think. Um, and so as soon as she goes out the door and the door shuts behind her, my kid's like, oh no, like, oh my God, because they're obviously going after the baby then. Um and so she was very nervous about that because what would you like, what would you do? And she was debating if she would just break a door. And I was like, yeah, but then you have to pay to have that door fixed. Like, yep. she, wouldn't you have like a hide a key, like some sort of an extra something somewhere uh, that some of that is being fixed um, with modern technology with the old, uh, the apps now, like in the latest scream movie, which I have yet to see, but I did see the trailer where you can yep. do the unlock and lock and all that sort of stuff. And so that would have really helped uh, helped out the old Allie character there. <laughs> um, but it, the thing that really got her, besides the big jump moments, was the little toy that was in the kitchen, the little choo-choo, uh, oh, yeah, the yeah, train. Yep. And so that goes in, that was in one room, and then it comes into another room, and Anna says, uh, ooh, that's terrifying. And yeah. then Allie starts running away, and she goes, yeah, go upstairs. <laughs> and that's the stuff i like to the subtle like the you know that's that's creepy like it shouldn't be as creepy as it is it's you know a child's toy just rolling up and you're like yeah no that's really scary like if you (laughs) you pick you put yourself in that situation if you're sitting in your house and all of a sudden your kid's toy comes rolling into the kitchen you just go time to get a new house i think yeah time to get the hell out of here time to get the (laughs) hell out of that house yep yeah. Um, the other thing that uh, that scared me, and the moment that really got me, I mentioned the basement earlier, but the moment that, <laughs> that I put, oh fuck, <laughs> because I had uh, said, oh fuck, was when is when uh, Christy is all messed up. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's got the big bite on her leg. I like. I li- I really like that the the franchise up to this point, because I think that uh, I've seen the third one, and that's it. I think yep. that's as far as I got. So what I like about the franchise up to this point is you have a potential gore moment with the bites on the legs that they just kind of barely show and then they don't really refer to again. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you've got, she's um, she's bitten and she's just sort of sitting there and that's when the dad leaves uh, and you're like, oh shit, like something's definitely going to happen. Um, and it's when the daughter Allie goes up to the room to check on Hunter because he's crying and you see the mother in the rocking chair and she's all yep. catatonic and then she goes to get the daughter goes to get Hunter and calm him because he's crying and the mom goes don't touch him <laughs> in this yeah. modulated voice <laughs> and that scared the shit out of me because <laughs> I did not remember that at all like I thought that yep. she was just catatonic the whole time I guess Oh boy. So that one really got me. 
Um, but yeah, so I thought that this was, I thought that it was a stronger film for me because it took what worked really well in the first one and then gave it a more plausible camera experience. It didn't have as annoying a, of a character. You had the father who was, you know, he got his balls burned in the jacuzzi <laughs> and he like he got his come up. It's a little earlier than the Mika character did. Um, you got to see like why Mika was uh, so douchey about it because he saw his uh i guess his would be like brother-in-law if they all got married yep. um to where he had cameras and stuff first and he's like oh that's a good idea i should do that yeah uh, so that was a little bit of connective tissue that they did um anna was <laughs> anna was not impressed with uh ali's choice of boyfriends <laughs> she did not <laughs> she goes "Ooh, he's unfortunate <laughs> <laughs> and i was like well you got to remember this is this is playing like it's in 2006 i was like hmm. this is 16 years ago and she's yeah. like yeah but she's like i don't what is what is his hair about <laughs> so she, <laughs> she just was not uh not super impressed with him just tell her it'll come back everything comes back yeah that's it'll, right it'll be back soon enough yeah well i told her i was like you wanted the middle part for the girl and it turns out it was for the guy because he had the very yeah. sort of buffy speaking of buffy and the very middle part <laughs> sort of hair um yep. but yeah so that so I don't know. I, I was kind of glad to see where this went because I knew the end. I knew that, you know, the, the Katie gets the child and then that's mm -hmm. it. Um, and you get the same sort of thing as Mika to where the Christy character gets thrown into the, basically the camera. Um, and then you don't see her anymore. And so you understand that she's dead because of the post credit or the little title sequence. Um, mm. But I'm like, huh? Okay. Well, because she just she gets thrown like how Mika gets thrown, and you're like, well, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're dead, does it? Yeah, but, seen enough action movies. Yeah, really. I've seen enough wrestlers like take bumps like that. Yeah. Like, come on, that's a so, basic bump. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so I thought that this was good. Um, I was uh, I was more taken with it than I expected to be, uh, and mm. I think it was because of the the it was sort of like. Um, what you were saying earlier about the about the sleepover sort of deal where she was more involved than she expected you know she had said she didn't like this sort of thing it wasn't going to scare her she didn't think it was scary and she was scared by it she's like oh god she said that a couple of times um <laughs> she was like jumping in her in her seat and uh so that was kind of like i was watching but i was also watching her and it was sort of one of those type of experiences now yeah good my complete opinion may have been different if i was watching this by myself because i could have been like oh yeah okay well that was different than i remember and this was all right and boy they spend a lot of time with the pool cleaner and that doesn't really pay <laughs> off to anything <laughs> that kind it's of no payoff yeah that like that kind of stuff i guess i could have been um not as uh Im impressed by i guess but uh but yeah this is a lot of fun for me to uh to re watch this one yeah i think i i I gave it a what a two and a half stars, and I think it's it's probably a better movie than that. I think I just because I think I watched them back to back, and I was mm -hmm. like, okay, these are very similar. I I expected something different, um, but look, it's still it's still a fun film. And then when you get to the third one, it's it's such a fun trilogy because um, it all you know it all sort of links together. So I'm I'm looking forward to when we talk about the third one as well because I have I have a couple of thoughts on that one. But this yeah, one is the, the third and the fourth, I guess. Because like mm. I said, I haven't seen the fourth, but I know that the third and the fourth are done by the same people. 
yeah. uh, by the guys that directed Catfish. Um, yeah, that's him. And uh, and this, I guess, I guess I should say that this was co-written by Christopher Landon, uh, and Christopher Landon is a person that uh, around our household has uh, done few things uh, incorrectly of what we've seen, uh, because he is the uh, he's the director behind such things as um, Happy Death Day, the sequel to that. Uh, he directed yes. Freaky, um, and he's the writer of many of these. And which is interesting because I would not, those tones are much different. <laughs> oh yeah. That's the thing. Like um, happy death day is the first proper horror movie that my daughter saw. Oh, is that right? Yeah. So, and she really liked it, which was good. She got a, she bought a happy death day t-shirt, which surprised me because it did scare her a little bit. Oh, okay. Yeah. This is but the older she, daughter though. Yes. Yeah. This okay. is the, the older daughter who had a sleepover <laughs> and, they wanted to watch a horror movie and we, you know, we were saying to the parents, oh, you know, oh, we we're messaging the other girl's parents saying, oh, you know, what about, I know what you did last summer or something like that. And they're like, no, she's not watching a movie where people kill each other. I'm like, well, that kind of really narrowed yeah, like, it down. Whoa, you know, it's a horror movie, right? <laughs> yeah. And so she went with The Sixth Sense. Oh, okay. And the wow, next night, okay. my oldest daughter came downstairs saying, I can't sleep up there. I this scared the shit out of me. <laughs> like really? You know, I know what you did last summer. Probably wouldn't have scared you as much as this movie did. Yeah, I guess that's more like the um, what you see on screen and then what it does to your mindset. Because mm-hmm. like I know what you did last summer. Well, most slashers really. It's like you you see it and there may be some gory stuff, but you're just kind of like, eh, whatever. Yeah. But to where if it's like a well crafted like movie movie i guess which is so dismissive yeah. of slashers but <laughs> but no, if it's a movie that like is trying to get to you get under your skin as opposed to just killing people exactly and it was you know it was oh we can't you know they don't want her to watch anything above m and like well six cents is m rated hmm. <laughs> and it's uh, you know yeah it scared the crap out of both of them so they had to watch i think they watched the harry potter movie after oh there you go see our our palate cleanser is we watch episodes of the office whenever we're done with the scary movie yeah yep yep. yeah we got to have something something that's like that to where the the kid can laugh even though she's (laughs) never really had like nightmares she still wants to watch some sort of comedy before she goes to bed that's good yeah all right well anything else about uh either one of these first two paranormal activities before we uh say goodbye no i think they're just you know i think we always sort of say it you know they're fun they're creepy they're they tell a, a good story and then, you know, they tie into each other, which is really clever. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I think definitely worth a watch. Yeah. I think that they're good. Um, this is, these are the ones that I feel the best about. Um, mm-hmm. Like I said, I, I have seen the third one. It, I do remember a specific jump scare that really got me um, mm-hmm. because it, you're kind of like, is it now? Is it now? Is it now? <laughs> and then it finally yeah. gets you kind of a moment. Um I have not seen any of the other ones, so I've seen okay. half of them. I've seen up to four. Okay, and there's six, mm. correct? Uh, I think there's seven. I think another one oh, came out last year. Oh, that's right. There's seven, including uh, Next of Kin that came out last year, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Well, we'll see because, uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll <laughs> once, we, once I started hearing like uh, paranormal activity and then colons, and saying like the <laughs> marked ones, blah blah blah. That's when I'm like, uh oh, uh oh. I feel like we may have uh, 
gone wrong here. Jump the shark. Yeah, we may have done something wrong. So, all right. Well, that pretty much wraps us up. If you have any comments, suggestions, or movies that you'd like to hear us talk about, you could email us at plainlabelpodcast at gmail.com. You could follow the show over at Twitter. Our handle is at plainlabelpod, where I'm at, er- at ericwilliams79. If you wanted to help out the show, you could check out our show notes where you'll find the link to our Amazon wish list. I do want to thank Mr. Shaw for coming on. If you want to oh, I don't know, rant about uh, comiXology and, and how they're doing you dirty <laughs> or if they want, or if you want to maybe talk about the uh, the podcast announcement that you have coming up or uh, if people wanted to just follow you in general, where could they find you? Uh, I'm at Andrew underscore Shaw 23 on Instagram and Twitter. Um, <laughs> yes, the uh, what I, when I usually mention the uh, cul-de-sac on comiXology, um, Amazon buying comiXology has... Uh, Put a bit of a dampener on that because I couldn't find my own book on the damn site. Mm-hmm. Um, Not great. So, but we're working on that because for some reason they changed their whole uh, way of searching for things. And yeah, so whole, I don't even know their whole the UI is different. Like the, everything, the yeah. whole interface is different. So I don't even know if I uh, if my book is still on there. So uh, look, if you really do want a copy of it, hit me up. I've got physical copies, which you know never disappear off websites. That's true. Um, yeah, and um, yeah, we are bringing back Pot of the Damned. Um, we had a bit of a catch-up the other day, Emma and Dean and myself. And uh, yeah, we're looking at um, doing horror, but also probably branching out into a little bit differently to the way we did it the first time around. So covering, you know, more, maybe a whole franchise in an episode rather than three movies we chose. So it's going to be, yeah, we're working on some stuff and hopefully we'll be back sometime this year, maybe mid-year. Wonderful wonderful all right well thank you for listening and you can listen to andrew and i hopefully sing the praises of the next two uh installments of the paranormal activity next week with the discussion of paranormal activity three and four hello darling nice to see you it's been a long time you're just as handsome as you How's your new love? Are you happy? Hope you're doing fine Just to know it Means so much to me What's that, darling? How am I doing? I'm doing all right Except I can't sleep And I cry not till dawn What I'm trying to say Is I love you And miss you And I'm so sorry That I did you wrong Look up, darling